4: Tuning into the Rory Sauter show. I'm Rory Sauter, your host. It is great to be back with all of you. I have missed you all since Tuesday. We had fantastic shows on Monday and Tuesday. Perfect flow, amazing amazing rhythm, great guests, un- unbelievable topics, everything you could want in a show. It's it's such a, a smooth uh, flow, I will tell you that. Um, a lot, lot to get into tonight, a lot to get into. I hope your Thursday is going well. Uh, the weekend is approaching, which is always a great feeling, a huge relief, and uh, you get that big excitement. I'm, I'm very excited that it's, uh, it's here, uh, always with these long weeks. I, um, the, the weekend uh, is, is, a, is a fantastic feeling, that's for sure. Um, like I do every episode, I want to thank all my guests, my co-hosts, my sponsors and audience. You are all incredible. Uh, the show is listened to in 25 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you missed any past clips, past episodes, or any 24 7 breaking news coverage, visit my media site, thenexnexgenusa.com. G-E-N, also, remember, I will be starting on national AM radio starting October 6th. You'll be able to hear me in your car, mark your calendar. Very excited for that. And also, in about a month and a half, we will be releasing that 24/7 network that I've been working on, raising a lot of money for a lot of notable people will be doing their own shows. So a lot to look forward to with that. Um, and like I said, I have some announcements coming a lot planned for the future of the Rory Satter show. Uh, we have big guests coming on in the future. I've, I've been planning a lot. We have a lot of, uh, a lot of things in store and, um, it's uh, it's a really good time to be alive. This this roller coaster ride is uh it's too it's too fun. It's way too fun. Um, I wanna I wanna welcome. I believe we have him with us. Evangelist, motivational speaker, activist, and best-selling author, Sam Tully. Sam, how are you?
1: I'm doing good, Rory. How about yourself? Glad to be on tonight.
4: Absolutely. Well, great to have you here, my friend.
1: Um,
4: always a pleasure. Always love your insight.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much.
4: I also would like to welcome to the show uh, military expert, veteran, engineer, political advisor on, on several of past campaigns, also a campaign manager, and an activist, and currently uh, a candidate in Illinois for the state Senate, Chris Kaspersky. How are you, my friend?
5: Hey, Rory. Good evening.
4: Good to have you here, my friend. Good to have you back.
5: Yeah, good to be back. Thank you. Definitely a lot to get into tonight. (laughs) Yeah, can't wait.
4: All righty. Let's see here. I also would like a welcome to the show. I believe we have him with us. We have comedian, political junkie, and activist, and actor, Topher Frank. Topher, how are you?
2: I'm doing
6: great, Lori. So happy to be here, man.
2: Hell yeah, man. Great to have you back. Uh, big show ahead of us. Say again? I said, absolutely. Big show ahead of us. Excited to have you here. Oh,
6: we got so much to talk about. I'm so stoked for this.
7: Absolutely.
4: Let's also welcome to the show. I believe we have with us, let's see, let me welcome him real quick. I believe we have with us right now, we have Army Vet.
2: Wait, hold on. Hold on a second. Bear with me. Chris Chris Bray, are you with us? Yeah, I'm with you here, Roy. How are you, my friend? Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Absolutely. Big show Matt. Glad to have you here. Uh, Let's see here. I also would want to welcome to the line... Actually, I believe we're good for right now.
4: Um, wait, hold on. I think we have on the line. Let's make sure. Uh, do we have political strategist and a contributor to New New Right, right Network, uh, Daniel Hill, with us?
8: I'm here. Thank you.
4: Absolutely, Daniel. Well, great to have you here tonight. A lot to get into. Glad to join us.
8: Thanks, Rory. Looking forward to it. Thank
4: you, sir. All righty, guys. Let's get into this headline today. Obviously, this 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 impeachment stuff. It's uh, it's really over the top. I mean, it's a whole new level of insanity, of ignorance, of incompetence, of corruption. I mean, these people. I, you know, it's it's a show for them that they're abusing their power at every single turn. They, they don't care whose lives they mess with. That they they will go to whatever
2: level with their hostility and and, and their constant um, two I mean their two faced ideology. I mean these people are are so out for themselves and for the power of of of,
4: of the you know of the of their establishment. I mean this is. This is scary. This is crazy. This is the Democratic Party to a whole new extreme. You know, at least one point in time, the Democratic Party was a party of substance. They could get policy done. They could move forward and coexist
2: with the other. But no, they are at Republicans'
4: throat every single second. And we all know that they feel threatened. Because we finally have a leader in there for the first time that is not controlled and is giving the power back to the people. For so long, Washington, D.C. has been a built-up swamp of all these people out for their own special interests and not giving a shit, excuse my language, about us. You know, we've had all these past leaders who have been, you know, there's been some good ones, but there's been so much. I'd say there's more incompetent leaders, obviously, in the past, but you know, and, and it's, an, it's an example of, you know,
1: uh,
4: it's it's lost its meaning. Washington D.C. You know, all along it was supposed to be we the people. You know, and it, it's turned into this whole system of me, 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 me. You know, everybody's out for their own agenda. You know, and it's it, 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 and we we're seeing what's going on here with this impeachment, how it's going to affect these people. I mean, the Democrats see this at least most of them, not all of them, but most of them see this as a positive, as a, as a real, sufficient situation, you know, because obviously they're getting bugged and bugged by their constituents constantly. Their constituents are saying, impeach them, impeach them. you got all these new age Democrats that are so radical that are all for it. You have some of these old school Democrats that are for it, but then you have those people that, that aren't for it. But most of the Democrats are. And here, here's the problem: is the ones that are think this is going to help them? It's only going to backfire. What we saw with Bill Clinton
2: in the '90s, what we see, Con,
4: they, they took the Democrats took back over the House. Uh, you know, they they were in power. For, I, I believe they they took over, and and this whole shift happened, and and Republicans got screwed at the end of the deal. I mean, uh, don't don't quote me on this, but I believe the Republicans still maintained uh, the Senate then, but not not by very much, and they lost the, but they still maintained control, but the House they totally lost. That was, yeah. I mean, And this all happened shortly after the, the impeachment of Bill Clinton. You know, they, they went after him, and, you know, I wasn't the biggest Bill Clinton fan, but I'm just going to say it right now. I I think in today's society, I I, I don't know if that would be an impeachable offense, what, Bill, what happened to Bill Clinton. So I I think that um, in certain ways, uh, this was a bad mistake on the Republicans when they did it in the 90s. Um, You know, and this this is what the Democrats are repeating. You know, the Democrats are seeing back in the 90s, saying this is a threat to democracy. This is wrong. This this is a this is a threat on society. All this stuff that you know they said back then, uh, they're they're totally going it. It just it's hypocrisy at the finest stage. These people have no moral high ground. They have no they have no proper ethics. They've totally lost track of what humanity entails. These people. These people are going after a president because they can't beat him. They can't they and the only way they think to beat him is to impeach him. They can't win fair and square. They are threatened and, you know, they hate his policies. Like I said, it's giving it back to us. And they can't they can't handle it. These people are off their rocker, not knowing what to do. Because like I said, for the first time in history, you have a president that is not controlled, that is not controlled, does what he wants, is basically, you know, there, there's no script on him. I mean, he speaks his mind, which is a beautiful thing. And, you know, there, there's too much hysteria. There's all this unnecessary drama. And I, And I strongly believe some of these Democrats that are for it, they've been pressured by their constituents, you know, and this is, this is, this is a whole new radical level. And, you know, it's like people, the only same Democrats that don't want this are people like Tulsi Dabbard and people like Joe Manchin. And, you know, I mean, that, that's hard to come by these middle ground Democrats. It's, it's not even uh, very much in existence anymore. Like I said, pretty much the, the moderate level of the democratic party is gone. So, I mean, this, this is one of those things that, um, you know, it's, it's only going to backfire. Like I said, these people are going to lose the house. I forget. They're going to lose the senate. They are going to badly lose. The, I mean, our Trump was already going to win in 2020 regardless, but this is handing him the election on a silver platter. This is an easy landslide for Trump come 2020. There's no doubt about it. This, make no mistake, people. This is what we want. This is this. This is something the Republicans should be celebrating because the Democrats are making a complete fool out of themselves. They have no legitimate cause. They have no legitimate evidence. They are go- and, and they even have to – they had to retract what the uh, whistleblower said because the transcripts came out, and even the whistleblower said he didn't know everything or, or specifics that was said on the call. So more lies from the mainstream media, more lies from the Democrats, and don't forget, these people are covering up Joe Biden where Joe Biden was caught on tape in admitting that he gave all this money to Ukraine, all this money, bragging about it. Imagine if a Republican did that. And now the Democrats in the media and in their own party are sticking up for Joe Biden because they want to stick it to Trump. They want, they want to do whatever it takes to take Trump down. They don't care if he did anything wrong or not. They just want some sort of narrative that they can spin and feed to their sheep that They'll believe this is what we're dealing with. We're dealing with mad people. Uh, the latest poll shows American voters, the majority, do not. The majority, I repeat, do not want the president impeached, and that's on both. You know, that there were quite a few Democrats that answered that question too in terms of voters. So you know, I mean, it's it's one of those things. But Let, let's just be fair. The way the New Age Democratic Party is today with the voters, majority do want him impeached with the Democrats, but overall, with overall voters, Republican and Democrat, majority don't. But, um, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a crazy time in our society. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And, you know, DOJ did confirm that the reports that the Trump-Ukraine whistleblower did have political bias. So he was involved with Obama, Hillary, all these people. It's like a setup. And this guy was involved with the CIA. Ooh, I wonder who sent him. What about our What about Trump's buddy John, John Brennan? That's probably who who orchestrated this, or at least was one of the people. Think about all he did with Comey behind closed doors. We can't put put this sort of thing past him. Uh, following the following the impeachment announcement, uh, Trump has raised five million dollars just in two days. If that is any indication at all that uh, we're on a huge uh, positive track, uh, you know, for this whole process, I. You know, this is this is like a a a trope. This is like a a a gift and and a miracle and and just a a a godly dessert on a platter for conservatives. I mean, this is the Democrats are totally about to go down on this. And all the Joe Biden stuff is going to come out in these hearings when they're trying to impeach the president. You know, the Democrats are throwing Joe Biden under the bus. This is what they will be doing. They're not right now. They're protecting it. But when all this stuff comes out, all this stuff is going to come out. They're talking about Joe Biden in these hearings. It's all just like Newt Gingrich said earlier tonight. You would think that these Democrats would want to protect Joe Biden, but I mean, this is going down a really bad rabbit hole. And you saw Trump with the Ukrainian president today, and we saw the transcripts. We saw the meeting today. There's nothing there. There's absolutely nothing there. And you have that that leader in Ukraine that was
2: elected to stop the corruption. So think about that. Um, The White House, um, you know, and and
4: here's another thing. There are now 231 House Democrats that have voted to proceed with impeachment. So think about that. There's 231 right
2: now that are in, officially.
4: So, you know, and and you had a poll come out. 43% only found the Trump call with Ukraine uh something to be worried about. Only forty three percent. So that's less than half. And I don't even know how legitimate that poll is. I mean it's from ABC. So, you know, I don't know. Um, you know and we've had all these mainstream media outlets that have been forced to correct their stories in the last couple of days, as usual, uh with this with this Ukraine story. But the Democrats are scared even though the Democrats found out that it's hogwash, they still wanna pursue it because they know they can spin the narrative. This is what they do, just like with the Russia hoax, just like with all this stuff. How many times have they tried to call a patron in the last three years? So many different times. It's ridiculous. It
2: really is. Um, All right. I want to play this clip um, from um, Dowdy earlier today, talking
4: about Adam Schiff in the court. I mean, I mean, this is this is really ridiculous. And, And if anybody saw the hearing today, Adam Schiff made a fool of himself. He basically. Started, you know, repeating stuff that was not in the transcript. Trying to twist the narrative, like they usually do, and totally creating a whole fairy tale uh, with what he was saying. None of it was true. And like usual, you know, it's these people get away with so much. It's ridiculous.
9: Listen to this. Clear, Chairman
10: Adam Schiff taking some creative liberty at today's hearing from the transcript. That exists, and we all now have in the open of the president's phone call with the Ukrainian president Zelensky, he carried it in a sort of reverse improv. Watch
2: it. I have a favor I want from you, though, and I'm going to say this only seven times so you better listen to it.
11: I want you to make up dirt on my political opponent, understand lots of it, on this and on that. I'm going to put you in touch with people, not just any people. I'm going to put you in touch with Attorney General of the United States, my Attorney General, Bill Barr. And I'm going to put you in touch with Rudy. You're going to love him. Mm-hmm. Trust me.
10: So, right, that was Trey Gowdy, former chairman of the House Oversight Committee and a faculty That was almost like Dr. Scootiful um, in, in his delivery. I can't understand why he didn't use the actual words that exist. It's very much out in the open. Well, if you don't have good facts, you got to make them up. Uh, Adam Schiff has one of the worst census humor of anyone I've ever met.
11: So he doesn't need to try charity. but you got to keep in mind more that this is the same show that he had evidence of collusion. He's not making that mistake this time. He's not claiming he's got something he doesn't have. He's just going to make it up. And he made it up on national television, and I applaud any Democrats to criticize. I would criticize a Republican for making stuff up and something as serious Hearing, he should be good as us, also.
10: It's not necessary, um, and there's no reason not and Those are not the president's words, um, those are his words, um, and it's so important in the midst of this investigation that we actually deal in the facts. There, there's an assessment of an air posted today, my friend life who was in the CIA and who now you know, speaks um, here and elsewhere about intelligence issues. He says that the language of this complaint to him seems very um, sort of calculated, very legal, uh, that maybe he had outside health, that the language in it was very legal. Just, what did you think when you read it? Did, did that occur to you or no? It was well
11: written. Um, and you don't have to be a lawyer to write something well. And it certainly tracked the appropriate statutes. Um, but it also wasn't leaked, so I give the wasn't lower credit for not leaking it. But I mean, there's three allegations. The president misused his office. Number two, that they mishandle a phone call in the aftermath, and then this kind of unusual, or their perception that it's unusual, that a president would ask the attorney general and Mayor Giuliani uh, to, to investigate potential corruption. So those are the three allegations, but the transcript actually addresses two of those three pretty well.
4: Still on. I mean, they've spent millions and millions of our taxpayer dollars. You have them not working for their constituents. when They're not working on any sort of policy. The last three years, all they've been focusing on is impeaching Trump for pretty much no reason. They, They just want to find a narrative they can spin just so people will listen to them. These people are insane. They find narratives that they think they can spin. And what happens after they find nothing and they don't impeach him? What happens when he gets reelected? Do they keep pulling this crap?
2: You know, and think about this. The Democrats in May
4: asked Ukraine to investigate Trump. Am I missing something? They did the exact same thing, and nobody was screaming bloody murder. Now, all of a sudden, I mean, it's just the biggest double standard and hypocrisy on the face of the earth. I want to, I want to play Judge Jeanine Perra for tonight, two-minute clip. From earlier, she really put things into perspective on Tucker Carlson. Listen to this. She's the author of the new book, Radicals, Resistance, and
10: Revenge The Less Plot to Revenge is out today. Judge Janine joins us tonight. So it seems significant to me, within the context of all we've seen over the past three years, that the so called whistleblower, the person who complained about this conversation, was a career CIA officer. Yep. Well yeah, because as you recall, Chuck Schumer is the one who said a long time ago, you don't yeah. mess with the intelligence agencies you know, get back and they'll back at you just wait for something. But you know, I gotta tell you, Tucker, I mean everything is so on point. But the most disappointing part of this is when you've got someone joking about a teaching president, making a parody about, you know, an organized crime family. And then reading words that have nothing to do with the actual transcripts, it's an indication that they don't have a case, which is why they actually have to parody and make up this. Now, you listen to me another seven times, or you're not going to get this, that, or the other thing. If there were an impeachable event, if there were any evidence of any kind of criminality, any kind of illegality, he would have read that statement per se. That would have been the end. Of it. But we're dealing with a shift. And Adam Schiff is the same guy who stumbled over himself 86 times to get to a camera to tell us that he knew more about Russia collusion than Bob Mueller did. And, and the sad part about this is that this country has an economy that is soaring. We are now in a position with the strongest military action. These haters who will drag Hillary Clinton across presidential finish line, want to do everything they can to impeach him. If it's an impeachable fence, great. If it's not, no problem. We hate him, we're going to get him out. And that's a sad point. And by the way, let me make one more point. His president has an absolute right to get to the bottom of what happened with meddling in the 2016 election. And nobody in Congress, and especially the Democrats, were involved Like James Colby Brennan and the whole lot of them in the NCAA community. Have the right to stop him and accuse him of an impeachable offense because he now has the right to get to the bottom of it. If you think the next time a Democrat is elected president, and it will happen. The Democrats will be comfortable with the standard they have set, that if some unelected internal agency guy doesn't like their foreign policy, he can destroy their administration, or gonna be, are they going to be comfortable with that, do They're not even thinking that far the advance, Tucker, because they are so blinded by the hatred, uh, their hatred of Donald Trump. Uh, that they can't even see what real criminality is, and that is what Joe Biden says. You want to talk about a Godfather? You've got six hours here. You don't get a billion dollars unless you take the prosecutor off that company that my son's on the board of and he's making millions of dollars. It he's about ready to interrogate my son, and I don't want it to happen. Give me a break. This is a scandal, sure, but I, I don't think you've been watching people news this, Joe Biden.
4: There you have it guys I mean this is This is insane What we're dealing with Um, Sam I'll start with you Sam Tully Go ahead
1: You know When you have the truth You do not need To make up a story I mean here we got We got Adam Schiff House Intelligence Committee chairman This guy's chairman Over our country's Intelligence committee And he gets up In front of the American people and start throwing out a, a massive lie, claiming that this is the essence of the president's uh, conversation with the Ukrainian president. I mean, this guy, I mean, he, he's beyond belief. And the problem is you have some Democrats, unfortunately, that are silly enough and, and just gullible enough to think that what this man was saying was truth and not even in between what he stated and, and the way the media continuously uh, lies and, and just parrots everything the Democrats put out without any source of sourcing and getting any kind of confirmation that these things are true. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. But even above and beyond all that, the president of the United States, and I don't care if he's a Democrat or a Republican, he cannot do his business. He cannot uh, manage this country if he cannot talk to leaders of foreign countries and know that his conversation is secure and know that his conversation is private. Because then you lose the trust of those other governments. I mean, how is this, the most powerful man in the world, as you know we call our president, going to function if someone? Is listening in on his conversations and then spreading lies to the opposition. The Democratic Party has went beyond the point of being the opposing party. They have morphed into this monster that means that or or, or that believes that he has to eat everything, own everything, control everything at all times, and nothing and no one else has anything to do with it or can do with it. And even the so-called moderate. Uh, Democrats as which I never considered her moderate. Meaning Pelosi, I always thought she was extreme. But now we have these people that are are ultra extreme that's running that party. Even those folks can't even control this beast. These these people have spread this lie since uh, Donald Trump was elected, and this and and they've been trying to get him impeached since day one before he even got inaugurated. And every lie, every excuse, stormy, stormy. Uh, Muller uh, You name it Every last trick they've thrown at him Has failed And each time between them and the media They expose themselves more and more And make themselves look more and more foolish They've went so far that they have no choice But to continue this Parody out to the end they have, yeah. they have no choice They can't stop now They have to, They have to either succeed Or crash and burn
4: Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. No, continue. Sorry, what were you saying?
1: Yeah, no, that's what I was saying. They, they, I mean, they, they, in my opinion, they've went so far, and the new, and, and the so-called media, has lost all credibility, and they too have went so far that the only way that they can even maintain a semblance of credibility is to finally, some way, figure out how to get Trump out of there. But I believe even Democrats that don't even like Trump. Can see this beast for what it is And this is a dangerous beast That will even consume them If it gets power Go
4: ahead, Dennis Yeah, Yeah, absolutely, no, I agree I agree with you 100% Um, Chris Kaspersky, go ahead
5: Hey, uh, so That swamp is pretty deep Isn't it? Um, Because, I mean, that's what we've seen now happen with somebody listening in on the president's conversation with another foreign president or leader is uh, it's pretty atrocious actually. I mean, I was just sitting here listening to all of this thinking about, you know, if during uh president, you know, George Washington's administration, if somebody would have, you know, just commandeered his correspondence and then, you know, read it aloud and, you know, started making up all of these lies about him and everything else like that, that, you know, you can't even imagine um, somebody doing that. But yet here we've come all the way down, down the mountain, essentially to this Mm -hmm. valley now where we are now just so opposed to, you know, somebody of the opposing party that we have to go to these extremes of, you know, literally soliciting soliciting the the deep state to listen in on the president make these accusations go you know public with these accusations before even seeing the transcripts and then all of a sudden having to uh sort of backtrack and um you know now they're trying to um, make an argument based on the contents of the discussion you know rather than you know the fact that they arrived at this through nefarious means it's sort of like you know in in the legal sense it's sort of what we call the fruit of the poisonous tree you know they they went there and uh you know sort of uh obtained this information unlawfully and then uh you know now they want to use it against president trump when all president trump was trying to do was uh you know lift the veil on you know some of the corruption that was going on during the Obama administration, and you know demonstrate you know what he had to inherit there and uh it's it's just pretty amazing to see you know the the fact that this is what the Democratic Party decided to uh um you know put their chips on because that you know for me, especially as a candidate i mean <laughs> it was kind of uh welcome news there because. I think that they're really going to take one on the chin for this one. So,
4: Yeah, I mean, they're, they're they're digging their own grave with this one. I mean, you know, going for impeachment, we all saw how that ended for, for, you know, with the whole Bill Clinton thing. It just made the Democrats more popular. It's not a good idea. Yeah,
5: yeah. Yeah, they, you know, the Republicans way overplayed their hand that time around. And, you know, Nancy Pelosi kept saying the same thing over and over again that, you know, they didn't want to make that mistake, and then here they are. They got this little tidbit of information, and it was like, you know, they, they kind of uh, got way too far ahead of themselves, and, and you could just see their Trump derangement syndrome, you know, in full full effect there where they just, you know, they got, uh, they got way too caught up in all of their own hoopla, and uh, it, it pulled Nancy Pelosi all the way over to the, to you know the far left, which is you know what I think President Trump wanted them all to be in. You know now he's got them all in that basket, and everybody else that wasn't in that basket before has to decide whether or not they want to be on board with the socialism and the government control and you know uh, let's let's dredge out that swamp and make it even deeper. And you know I think that that's uh, that's something that you know most. Regular Americans just absolutely dread, and so I think this time around, I see the Republican Party um, becoming more galvanized, and the Democratic Party starting to fall apart here, as uh, you know they're going to get even more um, feisty within this election as as things even heat up even more, and uh, you know it's, I see Republicans really just sort of galvanizing behind the president, and we don't have that you know, um, contested heated primary like we did in, you know, 2015. So, um, you know, it's, it's actually kind of nice being on the, the side of the fence where the grass is greener.
4: <sighs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I agree with you 100%. And um, uh, please tell everybody about your website and where they can donate to your um, campaign in Illinois.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, my name is Chris Kaspersky. Um, I am running for Illinois State Senate in District 31. Um, You can find me on Facebook at um, Chris for IL State Senate um, and just about on every other platform as well um, under that same name. So um, thank you very much for having me on, Roy.
4: Absolutely. Stay with us if you can, and um, I'll, I'll get back to you. We'll get a lot to get into tonight. All right. All righty. We're going to get to our guest here in a second, uh, Greg Musselwhite, and I'm very excited to introduce him here in in a second. Uh, He's uh, running for Congress in Florida. Uh, Go for Frank real quick. I'll go to you. Go ahead.
6: Hey, Rory. How's it going, man? Uh, Thanks thanks again so much for having me on.
2: Um, Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead.
6: Uh, not really sure which topic you want to go on right now. I guess uh, we'll just go with the impeach or this inquiry. Yeah, no, I was just I was just
4: thing. seeing if you had any thoughts about what I said. I, I thought you may have a thought. Oh yeah, man. Well, the,
6: this is basically Russian host 2.0. That's all it is. Yeah. Democrats have proved they had a failed uh, attempt last time, so let's just try it again. All they basically did was just copy it. They just used a little bit of whiteout and they replaced Russia with Ukraine. That's all he did. I'm more fascinated to see where they're going to go with this. Is France the next one? Is it going to be the entire UK? I mean, what are we going to do? Right. You know I mean? It's like when you get arrested and the cops throw a bunch of charges on you and just let's just see what sticks. That's all they're doing. All it really boils down to is a smear campaign. They just want to get those voters that are on the fence or the independent ones to stick it in their mind like, oh, well, Trump's got some negative stuff. He must have done it. So let's go ahead. And if they get one or two, then they show that they succeeded. Who cares if they crap all over the Declaration of Independence? Who cares if they crap all over the Constitution? They got their job done. You know. I mean.
2: Yeah. No. I,
6: mean, I hear you. I mean, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
2: No, go ahead. What were you
6: saying? Uh, I was just saying. I mean, the Congress, the government. Uh, you're not supposed to be there forever. It's a bus. You ride your, you know, you you, you take your route, you get off the next bus driver gets on. That's all it is. But you got people who want to stay in power. They want to maintain power. And Trump comes in, not being a politician, but being a businessman. And he shows the rest of America, look, you don't need to be a career politician for this. I'm doing this. You don't need to be a career politician. But what they don't realize is that Trump has been in more positions as far as uh, hiring people, firing people, how to to, um, size somebody up. Than they've ever been in their in their in their lives, you know. So Trump comes in and he's showing America like, you don't have to you don't need to be in Congress for 36 years, and they're getting scared. They're getting really really scared. Um, you know, I, either either one of two things is going to happen after Trump wins in 2020. They're either going to stop and just lick their wounds and admit their defeat, or they're going to ramp it up because. They still have an agenda, and they're, they're butthurt, and they're like, we're not going to let them serve eight. Well, you guys didn't want to let them serve one, so, I mean, shut up already. You yeah, know, we, didn't, we didn't cry this much when Obama won.
8: Right. No, I hear
4: you. Absolutely. Uh, Dan, Dan Hill, go ahead.
8: Hi. Thanks. Uh, like everybody, thanks for uh, having me, and the comments have been great, so I'll just add a couple little things. Um, let's start with the whistleblower. Now, imagine this, the Dems are going to try to impeach the President of the United States based on the whistleblower's comments, which are nothing more than somebody told me this or some other people told me that. I mean, it's not even firsthand. This stuff is, it's kind of like the lies that the New York Times and Washington Post have been spreading about the President for the last two years, all based on anonymous sources. I just don't think the American people are going to sign on for that. Um, Now, let's see another comment I wanted to make for you. Um, You know, the logic that the Dems and their media servants (laughs) seem to be using regarding Biden is that he can't be investigated because he's a political rival of President Trump. But by that logic, any citizen of the United States, any other citizen of the United States uh participating in corruption could be investigated. so the fact that he's running for president does that does that you know uh, make it so that he can't be investigated that he's immune i mean it's ridiculous, right? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I hear you no absolutely. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> Just a final comment before I uh, toss it out to the rest of the guys again. Um, I've lived in uh, the former Soviet Union for uh, 25 years, much of it in Russia, and right now I'm in Moldova, and I've been to Ukraine a number of times, and it really is true that the biggest problem facing, frankly, all of the former Soviet Union, because the communist system was very corrupt, but... Uh, especially in Ukraine, really is corruption, and it makes sense to me that Trump would want to know, you know, when he's talking to the new leader of Ukraine, that he's going to be serious yeah. about addressing corruption, right? So that's what he discussed in the in the conversation he had with the guy. And frankly, the biggest thing about the the Ukrainian uh, corruption that we all seem to know about is that Joe Biden's son got a $50,000 a month contract uh, for a Ukrainian oil company when he knows nothing about oil and gas. Now, if that makes a spell of corruption, no, I don't know what, right? So, yeah, exactly. um, no, you're absolutely right. You know, I, I think, I think uh, maybe a final comment on this issue. On. Go ahead, real quick. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Thank you.
4: If
8: you make it quick, though. What were you saying? Just that the difference between now and in in uh, in 98 or so when Clinton was being impeached, the media is going to be a factor, and we need to be aware of that of because the media oh. is on the Democrat side, and, and we Absolutely. need to have good strategies, and the rest of the Republicans need to speak up because – They've left Trump to be the only Republican criticizing the media and it's not right. We've got fifty three senators, two hundred representatives, and they all need to be loud about how biased the media is. You know, Jim Jordan Absolutely. and Lindsey Graham and a few do. But the rest of these guys, they gotta step up. Okay. Right. Absolutely.
4: Thanks. Absolutely yeah, no, I agree. I agree. We gotta we gotta move on. I gotta get to a commercial here in a second. Uh, Mike Peters, I'll let you go for you know Thirty seconds or a minute, and then I got to go to commercial. We got to introduce Greg a
7: muscle White. uh But
9: go ahead. Okay. Okay. I have one thing to say. One thing that I heard on the radio tonight that actually resonated with me is this: this new thing, this new game that the Democrats are pulling, basically is their their version of the Battle of the Bulge. This is their last attempt. This is their last hurrah. This is December 1944 for them, and the last chance they have. It's striking out and trying to get him impeached. So they're putting everything they can, interpreting it, and everything, all the lies, everything is coming out. And it is. It is. This is the Democrats' battle of the bulge. And um, all right. Thanks, Rory.
4: Well, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what were you going to say? You had something else to say?
2: Pardon me? Did you have one more thing to
4: say? Were you saying something else?
9: Well, no, just listening and comparing everybody that they're interviewing, every one of these politicians that come out and and they're interpreting and saying, well, President Trump said, no, he didn't say that. And the transcripts don't say that. None of this. You're dreaming stuff up. You're fabricating the stuff. You're lying to the American people. And you're hoping that the American voters are idiots and they're not going to take the time to read the transcripts and really see what was said and understand it. They really hold the American voters in contempt. They think we're all idiots. They really do. So this is They're right about that This is the battle of the boat for them This is their last chance And uh, you know, I hope it all comes out It's true
4: Very true All righty everybody Stay with us We'll be right back
8: TGI Friday's famous sizzling entrees That you know and love Like chicken, shrimp and cheese Just got even hotter With new delicious tastes Like whiskey flat iron steak And the tastiest sizzling street noodles Hurry in Now starting at only ten dollars we bring the sizzle like no other. New sizzle and entrees starting at $10. TGI Friday, the home of endless apps. Endless apps every night, 9 p.m. to close.
0: Tell your healthcare provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea. I can't
12: tell you how good it feels to have smoking behind me.
0: Talk to your doctor about Chantix.
4: And we are
12: back. The Rory
4: Soder Show, Coast to Coast, worldwide, listening to it in 25 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you miss past clip, past episode. 24-7 breaking news coverage. Visit my media site, the N E X, Shen G-E-N, USA.com. Also mark your calendars October 6th. I will be on regular radio in your car AM, reaching millions of people. Um, very excited for that. And uh, going to be involved with a big radio station. Uh, as well as I will be releasing in about a month and a half my new 24-7 network, many notable names doing their own shows, raising a lot of money for it. A lot to look forward to, and I stay tuned for announcements on that. Uh, I do want to welcome to the show. I believe he's with us right now. We have a U.S. Congress candidate from Florida, Greg. Is it it pronounced Musel white Greg? Greg, are you with us?
11: I think we got Greg with us.
7: Mm, Oh, hold on a second.
13: Greg,
4: I had you on mute. Sorry, are you with us?
13: <laughs> yes, this is Greg Muscle White. Yes, sir.
4: Okay, excellent. So, sorry, I uh, I wanted to make sure I pronounced it right. So it's Muscle White. Okay, excellent. So welcome to the show. First time on the show, please tell us a little bit about yourself. When it, when all my guests first come on, I like to get a little bio about them, how it all started for you, you know, how you got to where you are, all that fun stuff.
13: Yeah, first of all, I want to thank you for the opportunity to be here. Um, well, thanks, thanks for, for reaching out. Oh, yeah, anytime. Uh, I am running for Congress in Florida's 20th congressional district. That's against Alcy Hastings. He's been in 26 years, he's 81 years old. Um, as some of your previous callers have stated tonight, that's way too long to be in our government. Um, I work professionally. I'm a welding inspector, actually a source inspector currently working nuclear programs. So in today's environment of nastiness, lies, and just fake stuff all over the place, that's inherently not in my business. You say what you mean and mean what you say. You can't take it out of context. (laughs) You trust but verify. So I'm hoping to bring back a little bit more statesmanship, a little more honor and integrity back to Congress. And hey, we're adults. Let's play nice, quit making up things, get back
2: to the business of actually running the government. Yeah,
4: I agree. I agree. And I, you know, I love. I love that you're running. What what inspired what inspired this run?
13: Well, actually all all the nastiness of the Kavanaugh hearing and just in, in hearing people like Camilla Harris and Corey Booker up there trashing this guy over over made up stuff. Uh, you know, there's there's no proof, you can't corroborate it, and yet instead of let's take care of this behind closed doors, they want to make it a spectacle. They want to try to ruin the man. So that that really hit home just all of the, the vile hatred and to see how far it's gone in today's politics of opposites. And to follow that up, when you have Maxine Waters out in California that is then asking people out in public to harass anyone that supports Trump, Trump cabinet members, anyone, if you see them out, she says, at the gas station, at restaurants, get in their face That's just wrong That is that is not the way That I was brought up Thinking that politics in America Is conducted And I, I guess I come from a different time Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit older I'm in my 50s But President Reagan wasn't that long ago And I cannot Think of anything Happening like what we've got ongoing Today, back then and I'm just hoping. Do you believe in divine providence or or divine intervention? Because I think, as another previous caller said, that that this is their battle of the bulge. I think we are witnessing the end of the Democratic Party as we know it. They're they're done.
4: I agree. I agree. And and you're absolutely right. You bring up a very good point. We've never seen hostility, or or you know this this to this extreme. I mean, it's it's a whole new level of insanity and violence and hatred it really is well we've got
2: the
13: the stuff that's going out on the west coast with antifa okay this is manifesting stuff their frustration their willingness to just not let it go and and like a, a previous caller also said we didn't act this way as conservatives when obama was in office you know if you don't Respect the person. You don't like the person, at least respect the office. And and that's what we did. We didn't like what he was doing, but it's like okay, he won. More people felt that he should be calling the shots. Let him call his shots until our guy gets in there, and then when that happened, they cannot accept the results. And and I think that this, as they say, the Trump derangement syndrome, is real. There there are people that just cannot wrap their head around that. They're not in charge. And the path that the Democrat Party is going down is leading straight past socialism, straight to communism. And our way of life is it's on a knife edge now. If if they somehow gain power, uh we're going the way of Venezuela. It's 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 not a if, it's it's a win. And the biggest Danger now, and everybody's well. Look, send Trump money, and and let's support Trump. He has enough money himself now to run a very, very strong campaign, and everybody, even the Democrats, admit if they do not impeach him, he will win re-election because it's it's about what he's doing, what he has done, and accomplished. The key to the success and the further of America is taking back the House and ending this nonsense. If the most critical thing at this point to further the agenda of build the wall, uh, immigration reform, taking the economy to even further heights, is to get the people that will support the president, have his back, and not stab him every time he comes you know, to a, to a new turn. And, oh, well, I thought you were with me, and now you're voting to stop the wall. It's lunacy. So the most important thing people can do to support Trump is find that congressman that's running in a Democratic district and support them. They've got to have your support um, to make this happen. If we can take back the House, we can get these things done, and we can finish those promises that President Trump's made. I agree, and, and we need people like you. You know, we need
4: patriots and, and we need outsiders that are pro-Trump and are not affiliated with the establishment. Too many rhinos, too many politicians. We need real, authentic souls like yourself.
13: And exactly, but that that is a double-edged sword. You are not part of the swamp. You're a total 100% outsider, and that's an advantage. That you're not corrupted by that power, you're not corrupted by what's going on, but the flip side of that is you have no business contacts, you have no support mechanisms, you are you have zero name recognition. So we're working very hard out in the district every day to just educate people. Most people don't know, like in my race personally, Alcee Hastings, being in there so long was actually a federal judge that was impeached. He's already, he knows this process very well. He himself was removed from the bench for bribery and perjury so when when you say drain in the swamp, it's like he's the poster child, okay uh and term limits twenty six years long enough it's time to start over get some fresh ideas and a p- previous person mentioned tonight that's not the way that the founding fathers envision things is not. This new aristocracy of professional politicians. You go do your time. You accomplish those things you wish to get done, and you go home and live by those laws that you wrote. You do not exempt yourself like a bunch of them did with Obamacare. They're like, oh, well, you're going to have this, but we got our Cadillac plans. We, we're, we're not under those laws. That's inherently wrong and immoral. That's, yeah, that's not the talk- way that it's supposed to work.
4: Absolutely, and I was talking about on the show earlier how you know we the people that 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 meaning has lost its way in Washington. It's all people out for their own interests. It's a very cynical uh, world
13: out there. Yes, and and my goals are are very straightforward. Like I said, I mean what I say, and I will say right. what I mean. I want to accomplish right. only a few things. That's let's mm-hmm. get this wall built, immigration reform, yeah. because the amount. … of illegals in the country affects everything. It affects health care. It affects the economy. Right. Uh, yep. it, it is the basis of so many different things. It's it's well, the crisis. It's not climate change. It's, and until we it's put that in a safe situation… Us.
4: It's insane. Illegals cost us – I read a report the other day – about $300 billion a year with a B in taxpayer dollars. Yes. In my state
13: alone, $5.5 5 just for Florida, I know that California and Texas, some of the western states, are much higher. Um, and yeah. until we take care of that, we really shouldn't be moving on. They they need to treat government just like you would business for profit. It's actually accomplish something, move toward that goal. Let's get it taken care of. They're bouncing around when when they get past their one roadblock now of Impeachment impeachment, and they got blinders on there. It's pure hatred and and until we take back the house, we're not going to move forward it It's just going to be investigation after investigation they'll they change the rules they move the goalposts so and until we have some pushback and actual charges brought forward to where they they stop these false accusations because in a real court of law hearsay is not admissible. You don't you don't go to court with hearsay. So this this whistleblower that didn't really see it, didn't really hear it, but I heard it, no court any judge in the world on the bench is going to laugh you out of the courtroom. So why are we even entertaining this? Why is this even brought forward? So our our only hope is take back the house, support your congressman
2: and donate uh get out
13: Talk to your neighbors. Go on um, uh, registration drives, and, and we're really going to have to do it in our district, uh, which is plus 31 Democrat. So Hillary got 80 percent of the vote in the last election, so we, we've we yeah. got a really real uphill battle. But all yeah. of the battles are important. Oh, I
2: agree. I we, agree. We, you know what? I'm noticing We can't why. concede.
4: Oh, go ahead.
13: Yeah, you know, you've got to try. You can't just throw in the towel and say, "Well, that that's too hard a to fight." And um, currently, uh, with with these impeachment hearings and stuff going on, or or them considering yeah. it, Al C. Hastings is actually on the the Rules Committee. So, you know, how, how is how is that going? That oh, uh, let's just make it up as we go
2: along. Exactly. And, and here, here's the problem: is that any any Democrat,
4: you know, running for re-election like this gentleman you're running against, who supports impeachment, it's going to backfire on them. It always does in election years. It always screws these people, especially because they're Big not going to be able, especially because they're not going to be able to follow through with it, and it's going to make them look like a bunch of fools. And you know what I'm noticing lately? especially from, you know, friends of mine who, you know, I, I have some, you know, I have very little liberal friends, but I have friends that are more moderate Democrats. And, you know, I see a lot of people walking away from the Democratic Party because they don't recognize the Democratic Party for what it once was. I mean, there's no, there, there's not a lot of middle ground anymore. I mean, I, I know there's some exceptions with some senators and Congress people that are moderate, like, you know, but that's, you know, like Tulsi Gabbard and, and Joe Manchin. But uh, you know it's hard to come by. It's not uh, – it's either pretty much in this society, you're either far left, or you vote for Trump. And even though you may – even though the moderates may not agree with everything Trump does, they'll, they'll bite their tongue on some of the stuff. But it's a whole lot better for them than going to the communism route.
13: Yeah, I, you know? actually, I actually posted today there – there was an article – that a, a lot of the Wall Street, because if Biden does not get the bid and uh, Senator Warren does, there's a lot of Democrats that are not going to back her. They said they will either yeah. back Trump or they're going to sit on the sidelines. That, that's True, the right. biggest gift to us is, is, is yeah. this whole thing blowing up of their own doing, yeah. the Democrats' own doing, that yeah. they're going to get so much backlash that this is going to help us because they're going down that socialist road. And right. in my district, being so Democrat, I have to have fifteen to twenty percent of those Democrats, plus the Independents, plus the Republicans, to beat him, because it, it's literally six to one Democrat to Republican in Broward County, right. and about three right. to one in Palm Beach County.
2: And so you, this is the greatest gift
13: we could have got.
2: I hear you, and, and here,
4: here's here's the uh, the situation: is that we saw how popular Bernie was in 2016, but the Democrats didn't mm-hmm. give him the nomination because he was too far left. They wanted to give it to someone a little more moderate. I, I, you know, Hillary obviously was more moderate than Bernie, but, you know, that's not saying much, but still, I, I think that the Democratic Party is, some of the people that are high up there I think are probably concerned with Elizabeth Warren being the nominee cause once you go so far left, eh, you know, you run out of options, you know, for for the for for the majority of the population. You will have a small amount of the population that will support you far left, but not not as much as you need and not even close to as much as you need. So it it really is a um, it's like it's, a, it's they're digging their own grave. I mean, this is a this is a suicide. Mm-hmm. Issue.
13: Well, and, and our hope, like I said, the the last election, I'll see Hastings as far as my race he got 202,000 votes. Well, that was out of about 433,000 registered voters. So currently, the and with registration drives going, we can reasonably expect to be about the same or maybe 450,000 registered voters. If we have a good turnout like I expect, how many of those 200,000 are going to say, look, they went too far left? You know, yeah. how, how can we support that? Because Hastings is a co-sponsor of the Green New Deal. So you know he's he's all in on this. So you you've got some choices. They're going they're going to take your insurance that you like and roll it over into Medicaid for all um and all this other nonsense. They want to stop you from eating beef. I mean, I I like my steaks. I'll keep them. <laughs>
4: You're preaching to the choir, buddy. I love my steak too. I love meat. These people With the Green New Deal, are absolutely insane. They want to take away airplanes. They want to take away meat. They want to take away. um, I mean, buildings that are that they want to redo every single building in America. These people are insane,
13: and they think. And and, and don't get me wrong. Yeah. Being in Florida, I'm a big water guy. We we fish a lot. That's that's my main pastime. We're real passionate about it. So so. You know, when it when it comes to oh, this whole climate issue, it's like, okay, hold on. Climate change as you're putting it out there is a hoax. Now, Miami
4: would be underwater within two years. I mean the stuff they
13: say is yeah. ridiculous. Hey. I, I'm on the water a lot and that beach line hasn't changed.
1: Okay. Right.
13: Uh, right. my my dock. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. And and but here's the thing. Now we do have a long way to go with say – Pollution and cleaning up and and, and taking and being good stewards of our environment. Hey, that's a real issue. And, and hey, not to sound like very, very far left in these climate change people, we're not going to die. But the fishing is much better when you have clean water and Mm -hmm. less pollution, less stuff out there. And that's just a fact. So let's agree – with the Democrats to say there are things that we can do, okay, not being opposite parties because that's that's one of the reasons I got in was to try to bridge some of that opposite parties and and opposite uh, camps. It's almost like battles. Is is throw that olive branch and say, look, let's find the things that we're even a little bit close on, like pollution. Okay, I can I can get there with you on that. Let's start there, and and start being civil. And start bringing facts, real facts, not fake stuff, not, oh, I'm thinking with my heart. you got to think with your head. That goes for legislation yeah. for many things, gun control, abortion, everything. Think with your head a little bit. I know they want to have the knee-jerk reactions. That's not how you do it. You you lead to bad decisions when you're upset.
2: And, and what do you and what I do And I think you that's where they're
13: at.
4: Yeah, I agree. And what do you see as the thir- what do you see as the three biggest problems in your area?
13: What you would fix? The three biggest things. Yeah, yeah. Well, well. First, it's even affecting us down there. Is, is the immigration? We have a very high Im- immigrant population that did it legally, and it really aggravates them. My my first endorsement was from legal Cuban immigrants that are now citizens, business owners, and they actually own a gun store. So they're big for Second Amendment, and they're also big. For legal immigration, do it the right way. Don't cheat. So that's at the top of the list. And also, in our district and in our area, that water quality with algae and blooms and red tide—that's another very big issue. And then, since being in Florida, another issue that a lot of people talk about is healthcare. We have a lot of elderly, a lot of retirees. Uh, It's an aging population. It may be a little bit higher than the national average. Because uh, everybody wants to go to Florida and retire. It's beautiful. So right. that's that's probably the three biggest issues for the district. Now, me personally, uh, I will already have drafted up uh, legislation for term limits. Okay, that's that's one of the big things that's getting pushed and talked about now. And I'm serious about it. A lot of them will say, "Well, did you did you sign this petition for term limits?" Most of the ones floating around that I've seen are a little over ambitious. You have to take into consideration the people that you are affecting are the ones that have to vote it in. So if you say two terms for Congress and you want four years to even six years, they're not going to pass it. So being the logical inspector that I am, if they thought that it's it's a great idea, president's two terms, which is eight years as a benchmark… So can we not assume that two terms for a senator, because without rewriting everything and making it something other than a six-year term, would be 12 years? Well, Congress, let's put the difference and call it 10. So you have 8, 10, and 12. There's a certain symmetry to it. And I believe that I could convince enough of the uh, congressmen that are in there with me, especially the the freshmen coming in, 10 years is long enough for anybody unless you're just Crooked, and and it's power right. for power's sake. Plenty right. of time to get your agenda passed. Right. Learn it, do a good job, and move on. Yeah,
4: I mean these 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 politicians get rich in one year. I mean they can do a lot in ten years.
13: These, these, these politicians, well, you know, it's it's insane what these all the different tricks they have. It, but go ahead. It, it is, and and that's the the second legislation I'd like to introduce almost immediately is. There's a big deal about seeing the president's tax returns. Okay, I could really care less seeing a billionaire's tax returns because he was already rich when he got here. What I want to see is all of y'all's tax returns. So so I'm proposing that uh, I make the ballot. I will release two years prior to election is what I would like to see, set a baseline. What are you used to making in your line of business? And then every year that you hold office. So, two years prior, and every year that you hold office, all federally elected officials should disclose their taxes. Because I want to know where your loyalties lie and where you're making your money. Because if you're sitting on a, a wage and means committee or health care committee, I better not find out you got stock in pharma and you're making rules. That's wrong. Yeah. You know,
2: and here, you know, it's a,
4: it's totally. Lost its meaning in Washington, like I said earlier. You know, there there needs to be a a, a whole revamping of, of that entire system. But it's so much swamp built up for so many years that mm-hmm. I think it's going to take. I think it's going to take a lot. And uh, you know, the good thing is is we'll have the majority most likely in the House uh, come 2020, and obviously we'll have the majority in the Senate. We'll have the presidency. So I think there's a lot of work we can do, uh, and, and stuff we can uh, put forth that uh, would, you know, address these, these issues. Because they need, they need to be addressed. Like this is something they if we to be gonna get it done. And if, yeah, if we're going to get it done, though, this is the time with President Trump in there. Because no other. It's it's you know, now or never. We're not going to get another leader ever again like Trump. Too many of these presidents no. in the past have been all out for themselves. You know what
13: I mean? This is a a once in several generation leader yep. and time. Yep. This, like I said, we're we're witnessing the end of the Democratic Party, and we're going to get a good start on on draining the swamp. But only if people are not complacent, they follow through, and the most important thing I'll I'll say it again yep. is we have right. to take back the House. You need to reach yep. down and support those running for Congress in your area. Yep. And that's even if it's – oh, well, that that's plus 20. That's plus 30 Democrats. Well, it'll never happen. It will happen. It can happen because the Democrats are going so far left. I believe yep. enough of those moderate Democrats will walk away. I agree.
4: I agree with you 100%. And uh, what, what is your – what is it looking like for you right now? I mean you're definitely going to win the primaries, right? I mean you're the favorite of the Republican Party.
13: Uh, there's one other lady running, and she's a serial candidate, and she's never made a ballot. Uh, I went ahead and registered early. We're, we're, we're going to make the ballot, so hopefully we don't have a primary, but if we do, we're confident um, about that. We just need to get everybody on board to get it out because we're really focused on, on Mr. Hastings. Um, right. We need people to visit the website, musclewipeforcongress.com, hit that donate button. Uh, he's yeah. got a big lead. He's been in there for so long. He's got some fairly deep pockets. He's got about an $80,000 lead on us right now. So right. It, any amount helps because uh, our district is 2,400 square miles. That's wow. a lot of gas running around going door to door. It's physically yeah. a very large district. It's it's extremely gerrymandered. It goes from uh, Palm Beach all the way down to Miramar, which is just north of Miami, west in the to Pahokee, Bell Glade, and south through the Everglades. So physically, it's a very large district. It's about a two-hour ride on the interstate from just the north to the south. Wow, that's yeah. I mean, that's that's quite something.
4: And um, so, anything coming up? What do you what do you got planned? Any any uh, events or? Different things you're uh, putting together uh, for, for personally
13: we don't campaign? my my job, yeah, my job i'm I'm building the first nuclear power plant in the u s since the seventies, so it's a it's a fairly important project and uh, my position has me all over the country. I've worked in Louisiana, Oregon, I'm currently in Texas, so I'm at home, I'm in the district, and my beautiful wife Deborah, is my also my campaign manager. She's the one doing the day-to-day running around and meeting with all these groups and setting up things, and and we speak, and on occasion I made about four events my last trip home. My next mm. event, I'm actually going to go and watch Colonel West speak in Dallas, and there's some oh, wow. other candidates over here in, in Texas that will be there, and we're going to get together because one of the hopes that we can do that we're all closely aligned on our principles and and our support for President Trump that if enough of us are elected coming in as freshmen, we're going to have a pretty big caucus, and we'll be able to support him and get some things done.
2: So this will be one of those
13: opportunities. Oh,
2: go
4: ahead.
13: It's just – it's one of those opportunities to talk face-to-face with other Republican candidates that feel as passionate as we do and that are also outsiders. Right. Absolutely. No,
4: I love it. I love it. And tell everybody where they can connect with you on social media.
13: Yes, that's also Muscle White for Congress on Twitter and Facebook. Uh the handle's at Greg Muscle White uh three. Uh M-U-S-S-E-L W H I T three. Excellent. And and before I go,
4: before I let you go, um tell us you're building a nuclear power plant. Tell us about that real quick.
13: Yeah, the AP one thousand project is a, a Westinghouse design and it's being built. It's a plant Vogel in Georgia. Um there are two units, Unit Three and Four, and they're the first mm-hmm. units built in the US. Their sister plants were completed and are online and working great and they're selling power over in China. Wow. Wow. But it's a but it's a yeah. it's a it's a new design and you can go to uh Westinghouse if you if you do a simple google there's they've released some information i can't say too much about it in the position i'm in i know all the nuts and bolts and all the safety features and everything but i don't want to accidentally say anything that haven't that may be proprietary information so go to westinghouse.com and or just google plant vogel and there's lots of pictures uh and stuff and and the plants should be online in the next couple of years Making power for people in Georgia, which good, my that is zero carbon emission, and the most reliable power source that we have is nuclear. Wow. wow. The sun, well, yeah. the sun know, doesn't always shine, and the I wind doesn't it. always blow.
4: It's exciting. It's really big. I, you know, I love it. I love it. Um, very, very talented guy. I'm rooting for you every step of the way, my friend. We'll definitely have you back soon. I really appreciate you coming on.
13: Oh, I appreciate the opportunity to uh, speak with some like-minded people. Absolutely.
4: Absolutely. Well, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Greg, and best of luck,
2: and I'm rooting for you.
13: Uh, Thank you, Rory, and it's been a pleasure.
2: All right. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you. We'll
4: be right back, everybody. Stay with us.
8: Would you know what to do in the event of an active shooter, a terrorist attack, or an unforeseen altercation? Whether at home or in the workplace, SkyRace Security can train you and your employees how to defuse a potential violent situation. Our goal at SkyRace Security is to keep our clients safe. With our professional and experienced Israeli Defense Force trainers, we teach strategies for safety that may someday save lives. Sign up at Skyraysecurity.com for our workplace violence prevention and training classes or call
4: 240-888-0682. Hello everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else, and all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, Please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from The Rory Sodder Show.
0: I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, the Remote Video Production Specialist, the doers resource for online video production.
4: And we are back. The Rory Sauter Show, Coast to Coast, worldwide, listened to in 25 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you miss any past clips, past episodes, or need 24-7 breaking news coverage, visit my media site, DNEx N Also remember, mark your calendars. Starting October 6th, I will be starting on AM radio. Listen to me in your car. It will reach millions of people. I'm very excited for that. Also remember, in about a month and a half, I will release my brand-new 24-7 network that we're raising money for, many notable names doing their own shows. Can't wait to share that with you. Um, I am going to introduce here in a second uh, our guest, Michael Bloomling. Uh, First, though, I want to go to Chris Bryant. Chris? sorry I didn't get to you earlier. I, I had to get to
7: the, the
12: guest, but I want to get your thoughts on everything. I know you probably have some thoughts on a lot of stuff. Yeah, yes, uh, Roy. I hope you can hear me. I'm very interested in listening to Greg Musclewhite because I've uh, sort of been following in his footsteps. Uh, I hope I'm originally from Texas, although I'm working in Arizona right now as a government employee at uh, Fort Huachuca. So, you know, I'm very familiar with with how uh, Trump might feel sometimes being surrounded and not knowing who he can trust, who's a, who's a Democrat, who, uh, who's a Republican supporting him. You know, I really feel for him, and I hope he gets to clean out the cabinet there. But there were several things Greg Musselwhite uh, talked about that, that hit home with me. I agree with him completely on the term limits. I'm completely uh, with that. I also like his idea on taxes. I've thought the same thing about politicians. You know, to echo along with that, if he makes it in uh, before I do, because I'm planning to run for office in Texas sometime in the future, uh, uh, a little shout out, a quick uh, shout out to uh, the Leadership Institute. I don't know if if Greg ever attended uh, from that organization. They're based out of D.C. They're a conservative uh, think tank group that does training for future conservative candidates, uh, Morton Blackwell, the president founder of that organization, uh, went through the future candidate school back in March, and it really uh, energized me. Especially with what's going on, you know. Greg brought up a couple really good points. It, you know, I don't think anybody's ever seen a Democratic Party and a Republican Party so separated on issues. You know, I'm a little bit older than Greg, and I've never seen it in my life. You know, the the Democrats have literally gone off off the reservation if you will. You know, somebody earlier in the night made a made a comparison to the Battle of the Bulge, uh, you know, I was thinking Little Bighorn at the same time and the Democrats are are literally on the top of a top of the Knoll surrounded, but they they dug in and that's their place. And I've got something if you you indulge me, my wife sent me something earlier. Some people have probably seen it. Uh it, it, it's probably out on the web. It is uh, an analysis of what's going to happen basically with this whole uh, impeachment, a um, potential anyway. This is written by a guy named Hiram F. Uh, uh, Sud- Sudfeld, Ph.D., uh, uh, claims to have a degree in political science. Uh, I thought it was a really good analysis. If you'll indulge me, I'll, I'll read it to the audience real quick. Yeah, go ahead. You still with me, Roy? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, okay, it says, I have a degree in political science, and I'm a card-carrying libertarian. I've been studying politics and political history for the past 30 years. My specialty is U.S. presidents. That said, I hope that the House of Representatives impeaches Trump. Let me tell you what will happen next. The House can pass articles of impeachment over the objections of the Republicans and refer to the Senate for trial. The Senate will conduct a trial. There will be a vote. And the Republicans will vote unanimously, along with a small number of Democrats, to not convict the president. Legally, it will be all over at that point. Now, I want to throw a little commentary in here real quick because I read something on Fox News before I came on here where uh, ex-Senator Flake out here in Arizona says that through hearsay that if there was a secret vote in the Senate, that 35 Republicans would vote to impeach Trump. Well, Flake is a Flake, and I don't believe any of that. So I'm going to go on with this gentleman's story. It says, legally it will be over at that point. However, during the trial, and this is what no one is thinking about right now, the president's attorneys will have the right to subpoena and question anyone they want. That is different from the special counsel investigation, which was very one-sided. So during the impeachment right. trial, we will be hearing testimony from James Comey, Peter Strzok. Lisa Page, oh, yeah. Bruce Orr, Glenn Simpson, Donna Brazil, Eric, Le- Eric Holder, Loretta Lynch, Christopher Steele, Hillary Clinton, John Brennan, James Clapper, and a whole host of other participants in this whole sordid affair and the ensuing cover-up activities. A lot of dirt will be dug up. A lot of truth will be unveiled. Finger-pointing will occur. Deals will start being made, and suddenly a lot of Democrats will start being charged and going to prison. All this because, remember, the president's team will now, for the first time, have the right to question all these people under oath, and they will turn on each other. That is starting already. Lastly, one more thing will happen. The Senate will not convict the president. Nothing will happen to Trump. Most Americans are clueless about political processes, the law, and the Constitution. Most Americans believe that being impeached results in removal from office. They don't understand that Phase 2 is a trial, in and by the Senate, where he has zero chance of conviction. Remember, the Senate is controlled by Republicans. They will determine what testimony is allowed, and everything will be allowed, including DNC collusion with the Clinton campaign to fix the election in favor of Hillary, the creation of the Trump dossier, the cover-up and destruction of emails that very likely included incriminating information. They will incriminate each other for lying to the FISA court, for spying and wiretapping the Trump campaign, and for colluding with foreign actors, especially George Soros. After the Senate declines to convict the president, we will have an election and Trump will win. It will be a backlash against Democrat petulance, temper tantrums, hypocrisy, and dishonesty. Even minorities will vote for Trump because for the first time they will see that Democrats have spent Two-plus years focused on maintaining their own power and not doing anything at all about black murders in Chicago, homelessness, opioids, and other important issues that are actually killing people. And we will spend the following four years listening to politicians and pundits claim that the whole impeachment was rigged. So let's move on to impeachment. Hiram F. Sudfell, Ph.D. You know, if that doesn't sum up what I think is going to happen, I don't know what does.
4: Very true, Chris. Very, very on point, as usual. Uh, very spot on. I mean, this is this is it's exactly, you're exactly right. Uh, I'm going to get back to you, though. A uh, lot to get into. Uh, stay with us. Uh, let, I want to introduce to the show, uh, let's see here. Uh, I believe we have one with us right now. We have a former U.S. Congress candidate, public speaker, and event director at Stop Democrats Now, Michael Bloomling. Michael,
7: how are you? Great. How are you doing tonight, Roy? Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate
4: it. Absolutely, Michael. Well, it's your first time on the show, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, When my guests first come on, I like to always get a bio, you know, all the different journeys you've been on, how you ended up to where you are now, all that good stuff.
7: Well, actually, I have a very interesting story. I was actually born an Army brat at Fort Benning. Um, My father served in Vietnam on the USS Kitty Hawk. My grandfather served in Korea, um, but when my dad got out of the military, I was raised in Pittsburgh, and uh, he had a, you know, he turned to drugs and alcohol. at a very tough time after the military and uh, liked the party, and uh, actually, when I was five years old on uh, May 28, 1984, my father tried to kill me the first time, so I was in and out of the system a lot with group homes and foster homes as a kid, And uh, and then I ended up joining the military, actually, so after I graduated high school, I wanted to overcome a lot of things that happened in my past and, uh, you know, as a child and being abused and seeing my mother abused. And um, my first thought actually as a kid was to have a center in the community for abused women and children. So that was a real passion of mine. And uh, growing up in a military family, um, just I decided to join in the United States Army. So I served as a non-commissioned officer in the 1st Infantry Division. I was pre and post 9-11, two conflicts for America. Um, From there, I was able to, go to basically use my GI Bill, my post nine eleven GI Bill. I got four degrees. I was an investigator for the United States Department of Labor, so I worked in employment law for discrimination against minorities, women, individuals with disabilities, and veterans. Um, and from there, um, I really just, you know, wanted to continue to serve uh, the community and, and make a difference in the world and do all the experiences that I've had of living overseas for three and a half years and you know all of my experiences as a child. So I actually started a business. I published three books. Um, one of them is called Turning the Page. It's a book helping people who've been abused recover. Another one's a military transition book called Bridging the Gap from Soldier to Civilian: A Roadmap to Success for Veterans. And that book is designed to help veterans start a business, go back to school. I uh, did a four-month book signing tour with Barnes and Nobles throughout Virginia, where I was living at the time. I did a lot of work in D.C. and Virginia. Um, and then from there, I actually worked for the governor of Virginia and helped create over 30,000 jobs under the governor's initiative to, uh, for veterans in Virginia. So I did a lot of workforce and economic development. And so during all these experiences, it really you know, wanted me to continue on, and, and really I found my way being in state government, federal government, and seeing all the corruption and how um, big government doesn't help us, how socialism under former President Barack Obama – Um, Who I met in Richmond, Virginia, Um, how all those components, how they work against American people and the Constitution of the United States. So, um, you know, I've traveled a lot all over my life, and I wanted to, you know, live my life. in in Florida, I loved it down there, so I moved down to Florida in um, 2017. In December 2017, I started. uh, I got on four boards. Started working in Tallahassee before session, during session. I decided, hey, you know what? I'm going to run for U.S. Congress. So I was running for U.S. Congress in District 21 down in Florida, Palm Beach County, President Donald Trump's backyard. Huge Donald Trump supporter, huge Constitution supporter. I actually know Greg Musselwhite, who was on here earlier, met him uh, at a speaking event in Fort Lauderdale. Um, so, you know, I just have a lot of passion, and you know, I've never done a drug in my life. I've never been arrested, and I was a real threat to the establishment. I mean, in District 21 right now, they have six or seven candidates. In 2018, they had zero. So when you talk about corruption and the establishment, uh, don't, President Trump is very aware it's in his backyard. You know, Mar-a-Lago is in District 21, and when I when I sit back and I look at the candidates and, and how the local GOP that they're supporting, candidates who have radical ties to the Dominican Republic, and you look at South Florida and how it should be a Republican. I mean, literally, it, there's like so much corruption in South Florida, and you just look at it and you think, wow, how are we going to survive as a nation? When you have socialists and communists who are infiltrating our country, Um, these people are, you know, thank God for Governor DeSantis who uh, put into play um, no sanctuary cities for Florida. You know, I think that was a big step. But, you know, you you have a lot of problems in this country with candidates who are running. So what I really understood was that Lois Frankel, who I was running against, she's the incumbent. She had 1.1 million dollars in the bank because no one ran against her in 2018. I had the swamp and the establishment working against me. I turned in 1,000 petitions from the election office and got credit for 450. As soon as that happened, I realized that they were never going to let me win the race down there. And I'm a very educated, calculated person, and I realized, you know what? There's an easier way for me to do this. So I moved back up to D.C. about two weeks ago, decided to drop out of the campaign. Um, and from there, uh, Alexander Davis called me, who's running the Deplorables for Donald J. Trump tour, and he said, listen, I heard you speak. I know your passion. I know your love for America. I know your, your service to our country. I know everything that you're about, and I want you to come you know, run this tour for me and work with me as a, as a partner. And so uh, we have a, the next event in Burbank, California coming up on Saturday. I got nine congressional candidates, people running against uh, Ted Lieu. People running against Maxine Waters. People running against uh, Nancy Pelosi. I mean, I got a powerhouse, and uh, I still haven't stopped. You know, my goals of, of you know working uh, in the political arena. You know, either in U.S. Congress or long term, trying to work on a political uh, you know component with under the President Donald J. Trump campaign, and eventually um, you know becoming Secretary of State. That's one of the things that I really you know, want to work towards, being a humanitarian and continuing the work I've I've done. So that's a little bit about my background and who I am. You know, we have a lot of great people or patriots for this country. We need to promote them. We need to get them to the forefront. We need to stop wow. these uh, candidates and these incumbents who are trying to destroy our country. So in 2020, we have, you know, a big task in front of us.
4: Yeah, oh, no, absolutely, man. You Wow, you have uh, quite the resume, quite the – You've lived uh, one hell of a life. It's unbelievable. Um, Got so many different questions for you. So four degrees, man, four degrees. That's unbelievable.
7: Yeah, and I actually applied for a Ph.D. in 2016 in behavioral psychology from Virginia Commonwealth University. But I'm I'm an application person. But I have a a business degree uh, from ECPI University, which is in Virginia Beach. My master's is from Pennsylvania State University um in human resources. I was actually going to go to law school because I was working in uh, employment law, working for the Department of Labor as an investigator. Um, but yeah. just with working and, you know, trying to do both, you know, law school prov you know, you need a lot of attention to that. So I went and got my masters. I'm certified in entrepreneurship through Florida State's business school and I also have a post grad certificate in organizational leadership from UMass Dartmouth. One of the problems, and this is one of the things I wanted to address on my platform. You know, my platform I was running on at District 21 in Florida is, you know, had major areas that I was focused on and major threats the established. The first one was uh, child sex trafficking. Um, I'm a huge person who advocates against abuse, against women, children, and also especially child sex trafficking, labor trafficking. And when you look at immigration, this is a huge problem, especially we don't know who's coming into our country and what their reason for getting here. So that's why it's so important that the president building this wall is such an important component of of our nation's sovereignty and our protection of our borders. It's really, really important. And so when you look at these things, you know, in Florida is the number three state for child sex trafficking. We have... On my platform, what I really believe in, we have a lot of fraud, waste, and abuse. So what you have to do in the community is you have to provide resources and education so that you can help people stand on their feet. That's what President Trump is doing right now. That's how jobs are being created. That's how people being on social services and welfares are declining. I mean he's doing great things for our country, and then he gets blasted every day, and he stands up. And the reason why he's able to do that – a lot of people have said, oh, you're, you're just like President Trump, and his birthday is two days before me. I do have a lot of his qualities. But the thing that's different between President Trump and myself is I just don't have the money. I have a dream. I have vision. I I know the community. I've worked at several, you know, I worked in D.C., I worked in Virginia, I've worked in the communities, uh, for profits, nonprofits. You know, I've seen how these uh, community based organizations just draw on society. You know, when you have a program that's getting federal or state funding, we have to stop that funding if they're not producing the results. You have to be a results.  … Based organization and a lot of these um, nonprofits are getting money. They're abusing power. They're they're t- you know they're not helping and they're not completing the mission. And so therefore, it's a draw on society because we're supporting programs and you're not having the results. And that's a big that's a big thing for our country. We we take care of that problem. We're going to solve a lot of things. We're going to put people to work. Now, when you transition from the military or you're going through a transition or you're going through adversity as an American. You need people – obviously, you want people to be able there to to care about you. I mean the United States, we're, we're a national, and we're also a world leader. For the world. What that means is that we're a, a superpower and we want to help society. We don't want people to have running water in their country, for example. We want to help countries to be self-sufficient so we don't have to give them billion dollars in aid. You know, we, we want to stop nuclear powers from being able to be a threat to our safety and security uh, as a nation and to our country because the United States right. of America is centrally located where everybody wants us. You know, honestly, from geographically yeah. People want to take us out. They want our territory. They want to have control of us because they know all, with the Atlantic Ocean, the Pacific Ocean, that we have access You know, as a world right. power, and that's a huge part of what we do, especially with our ports down in South Florida or Norfolk. I did a lot of work in Norfolk. You know, That's one of the largest um, places of our Navy, and they got the Norfolk Navy shipyard. That's where they're building most of our ships. And I was just down right. in Fort Lauderdale about a month or two ago for the christening of the USS um Paul Ignatius, which is our newest destroyer in our fleet, so we're under president trump he's protecting our borders he's protecting our country he's you know he's dealing with iran he's dealing with china he's dealing with these syria he's dealing with these nations that want to kill us honestly, these people are being trained and they're infiltrating our country you have these sleeper cells, and these terrorists want to come in here and they want to create confusion, they want to kill Americans they also want to take um, out our allies such as Israel. We have to protect yeah. israel I mean you know, that's something that's very, very important. I'm very pro Israel. I love that our president supports Israel. Um, it's something that we have to be aware of because these, these threats are real and you need and it starts mm-hmm. with Congress. It starts with Congress, it's in Senate, which the Republicans control right now, but we have a president who's sitting, this talk of impeachment is absolutely ridiculous yeah. and we have to do things yeah. to help our nation, help our citizens, not do things yeah. to take away, give power to government because big government does not help us. I agree,
4: God. You're you're one you're one smart guy. I mean, you have a, a hell of a hell of a brain. I mean, it's amazing insight. Um, unbelievable. I you know I want to ask you, you know, you have a very uh, you know evolved and and detailed and you know talented career in being an investigator. What do you make of this entire impeachment crap? I mean, isn't it the most ridiculous thing you've ever seen?
7: Well, all it is, it's abuse of power. It, it's, it's politics. It's jockeying. It's, it's like showmanship. In the military, we call this the dog and pony show. You know, it's just something that people are trying to do. I mean, I was down in Orlando for the kickoff for President Donald Trump. I mean, we ha- there were thousands and thousands of people there, zero protests. There no one causing disruption, people picking up their trash. I mean, you know, people that, that love this country and love the Constitution of the United States we're so loyal. I mean, we're not degenerates. You know, they paint this picture like the Republicans and the right are so just we're degenerates. We're deplorables. You know, that's why the deplorables for Donald J Trump tour is so appropriate for our times right now. That's why I'm so passionate about it. You know, in this current, you know, endeavor that I'm on helping Alexander Davis to really, you know, I'm working on right now, Michigan being a next state and, and New Hampshire and Texas and going back to Florida. And these are pro I mean, these mega, are are pro mega candidates. These are
4: pro mega candidates. You're basically overseeing, right? You're like a consultant.
7: No, what we're doing is we're providing a platform for them to come speak. I'll be on, I'm flying to um, California. I'm going to be in uh, tomorrow. uh, Tomorrow, actually in a few hours, I'm jumping on a plane. I'll be in California and I'm getting picked up at the airport. Me and one of the candidates were driving to San Diego. I'm going to be one on one American news network, 2 PM Pacific time. I'll be live TV nationally I was just in Washington, D.C. two days ago. I had an interview on One American News Network um, because of the,
13: the impeachment. It
7: hasn't aired yet, but you know, these are this is the kind of level, the kind of influence I have. One American News Network is going to be at the event in Burbank. It's September 28th at 4 p.m. Pacific time. They're going to be there interviewing the nine candidates. I mean we have some powerhouse people there. We have Eric Early. Um, we have James P. Bradley. We have Deanna um, Lorraine, who's running against uh, Nancy Pelosi. I mean, we just have we have nine candidates and two candidates aren't speaking and they're coming just because they want to be there. I mean, it's it's going right. to be an amazing event. So we want to do this around the country so we give this exposure because a lot of these candidates they need grassroots efforts. You know, that's one of the things when I was running for Congress. I mean, I was out there in front of publics and uh, you know they're they're so um, liberal, publics. Some publics were okay, but other publics they would come out and say you can't be here. We're going to call the police. So they call the police. They come there. I'm like, hey, wait a second. I served this country. I was a non-commissioned officer. I served in two conflicts, and you're telling me I can't stand out here and talk to people? I'm just trying to get right. a petition signed. So literally, I had to move or like leave. Or I mean, this is absolutely this is America. I mean, this is the censorship yeah. that we're under, and it just carries over to media. I mean, you look at the media nowadays and, and what the attacks that we're under. I mean, what the, the fake news. I mean, President Trump. I mean, I love him. He just says. You know, he just comes out and he just laughs at them. You know, he laughs because yeah. it's, a, it's an absolute joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it's
4: great. No, I love it. I love the way he attacks the fake news. And, you know, I really want to ask you, you know, we, we do have a few minutes, and I, and I want to ask you a couple of things. I want to ask you, you know, after 9-11, you said you were active in the military. I, I'm sure you, you've seen, you saw everything over there. I'm sure the experience was, was quite something, right?
7: Yeah, I mean, on 9/11, I was in Germany. I was on an exercise with all the officers. We're on a training exercise, and um, yeah, I mean, you see, you see this act of terrorism, and you know, I'm in the uniform. You know, I'm already serving, and it's like, wow, you know, I already served in the Kosovo conflict in 2000, and I, I, you know, this happened, and I was like, wow, this is just we have to stand up, we have to unify, and that's exactly what happened. 9/11 9/11 unified this country, and well, that's what we have to do today. We are all citizens. If you're a legal citizen, we are all citizens of the United States of America. The United yeah. States—that means that we're 50 countries. I mean, excuse me, 50 states that are standing together, and we have to—we forget that. You know, it's not. You know, this isn't a war. You know, this. You—we know, have to have more but people. You know, a lot of times there's stereotypes, and we have all this. You know, police. Against civilians. You know, the police are there to protect us. You know, we have to protect our police, our firefighters, our first responders. I and mean, that starts in the community. That starts in community engagement and trust and, you know, respect. Nowadays, I mean, I was at a Trump uh, flag waving when I was running for Congress in District 21 in Florida, and school kids on a bus, and I was just like, complete, this is like a complete blown away, two stories. The school kids on a bus put their middle fingers up f Trump. At a flag waving on the side of the corner. These are eight, nine years olds. What do they know about you know, the president so of the United States? I mean, nowadays, I mean, I just, I mean, but this is all across America. I mean, I was completely flabbergasted. I mean, I could not believe it. I was like in completely shock. Then I was standing there <laughs> at the flag waving, you know, trying to support, you know, MAGA candidates and, uh, you, uh, excuse me, MAGA supporters. And, and, you know, I'm a candidate, you know, and I served in this country. Somebody literally right. came back in a came by in a car and took their yeah. with their hand like a like it was a gun shooting at us and I was like wow I'm standing here on the corner and people really want to shoot me I mean literally if they had a gun you know I've I've heard stories of you know how yeah. people wearing a you know Make America Great a hat Again they're getting attacked I mean think about yeah. that level I mean it's terrorism yeah. it's it's terrorism in our country when you have a group and you're looking at Antifa what they're doing I mean. Yeah. They, they're attacking kids. These are adults, and they're, yeah. they're, I mean, they're attacking kids. I mean these people are terrorists. We need to label them as terrorists. We need to – yeah. the FBI needs to get these terrorists under control and protect our nation because if not, it's going to be out of control. And in 2020, that's exactly what the left wants to do. They want to create confusion. They want to create chaos. They want to divide this country. And as I mentioned, yeah. we are the United States of America. this I serve this country. We have Gold Star families who have lost service members who love America, dying, fighting right. for our freedom. We have to stand together, and right. that's the worst thing that we can do is divide this country.
4: Absolutely. Very, very well said. I, I definitely uh, have a lot to ask you, and I, you know, we, we are out of time because i got to close out the show. Um, but I want to have you back very soon. Um, I'll ha- I have a, like I said, I have a lot to ask you. So, but please uh, tell everybody where they can connect with you, and uh, we'll see about getting you back next week or, or the week after, but very soon. Uh, but go ahead. Tell, uh, yeah. The plug. A, a, Tell absolutely.
7: Okay, go ahead. Absolutely. I'd love, love to be back on. You know, I know you have a big reach with your network. I appreciate having me on. People can connect with me on Twitter, Instagram, for the number four, USA Freedom. I'm a freedom, fight, freedom fighter for this country. I support our president. Uh, you can also, I'm on Facebook, Michael Blooming Jr. You can look up my books. They're on Amazon, Bards and Nobles, Walmart, and Kindle, everything. I mean, pretty much if you Google me, you'll see all the stuff I've done. Uh, it's a lot, but you know, I just love this country. It's not what you done for your country. Excuse me. It's not what your country does for you. It's what you do for your country. I really believe that. So I loved having being on the show. Thank you for that. And please continue to follow the deplorables for Donald J. Trump tour as well. You can log on to the website. There deplorables for the number four Donald J. Trump tour. And, uh, I got to commend uh, Alexander Davis because he's got over $100,000 wrapped into the tour. It's been in Washington, D.C., it's been in Pennsylvania, it's been in Florida, and now he's helping to, you know, he's putting on this event in California. And uh, I think it's a great, great thing that he's doing. So please, uh, you know, a special shout out to him. Thank you, Rory.
4: Absolutely, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much, and God bless you, and thank you for your service
7: to this country. You're welcome. Bye bye. All right.
4: Amazing! 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 Very, very well said. Um, okay, guys, we have about ten, fifteen minutes left. Um, I want to get to the closing um, uh, of this this last segment, and this this is an insanity. And and you know, I was reading this article today, and and I, we all we all definitely have to discuss this, but so. A Barbie manufacturing company that builds Barbie dolls is now has now announced that they will make a gender-neutral
2: doll. This is the kind of stuff
4: that I am frustrated and furious about constantly. What they do is indoctrinate our kids, our youth, the future of our country, with this garbage. You have little boys at three years old wearing dresses. You have them putting on lipstick, makeup, and guess what? We have too many politically correct parents out there that are too afraid to jump in and do something about it. I mean, these kids shouldn't know what body parts are at three years old. They shouldn't know their gender at three years old. And if any parent can take a kid seriously at three years old saying he thinks he's a different gender, then that parent needs therapy. I mean, we are, these kids, it's not the kids' fault that are growing up so messed up. It's the parents. It's the parents. It all starts in the home. Never forget that. It all starts in the home. Uh, I'm reading this headline. This is ridiculous. Toymaker Mad Mattel introduced a Barbie doll line of gender-neutral dolls to target children who do not want their toys to be dictated by gender norms, the company said. This is ridiculous. The The toy company introduced a line of 29 dolls called Creatable World, which comes in different kits with hair, clothing, and the other accessory options, depending on whether the kit is more masculine or feminine. The dolls come in at a suggested retail price of $30. Jesus Christ. Um, here, here's a quote from, from the owner. Toys are a reflection of culture, and as the world continues to celebrate the positive impact of inclus, inclus, inclusivity, we felt it was time to create a doll line free of labels. The senior, this is actually the senior vice president, but it, it's, you know, thought, it, it's ridiculous. You know, it, it's at, with the company, with this company rolling this stuff out, we all know what happens after this. Other companies follow, and it becomes this big pattern, and it's going to be all over the media, and it, it's, this is something, another thing that they're indoctrinating us with and shoving down our throats, and if we question it, then we are racist, we are bigots, we are Nazis, we are hateful, we are every name in the book. We're not allowed to question it. This is supposed to be normal behavior. This is what society has come to. It's absolute idiocy and its finest. We now have LGBTQ story hour, uh, LGBTQ classes in grade school that are being mandatory in some states. All this activity and
2: all this, you know, misinformed, ignorant
4: education. I mean, it's, it's like it's one thing to be accepted for who you are, like, you know, whatever somebody wants to do with their sexual orientation, stop stop advertising. Live your life. It's none of our business. And when you make it our business, then you try to shove it down our throats. And it's not you want to be accepted. You want to rewrite history, and you want to change American culture. It's very simple. It's nothing other than that. It's sick stuff. This is sick. This is sick. And we all know with the whole transgender stuff, it's, it's an opening for them to normalize pedophilia. It's just the start with this transgender story hour with little kids. Then it will lead to pedophilia. It's like you give an inch, they take miles in these political realms. It will not stop. These activist groups will not stop. These Barbie dolls will keep coming out gender neutral. More and more kids will keep wearing, dr- Boy, little boys will wear dresses. It's, it's sad, especially with all the influence from Hollywood, all these you know, all these social justice lawyers, and it's – 20 years ago, this would have been laughed at by anybody, but now they're trying to normalize it. It's absolute insanity. Uh, let's go to Mike Peterson, in New York first. Go ahead, buddy.
9: No, I agree with you. They're trying to change everything. They're trying to and, – and now I think Trump disrupted their, uh, their time schedule, and so they're moving everything up as we've seen it, and they're moving as fast as they can, and they're attacking everything across the board, whether it's going to control the schools, how the kids are brought up, everything. Every aspect of society is, is under attack. So um, it's a great thing that we have shows like yours, like this show right here, where we can expose it, discuss it, and recognize what they're doing and fight it. So, Rory, thanks yeah. for having me on. Great show again.
4: Thank you, Mike. Always a pleasure. Uh, let, let's go to uh, Sam Tully, go ahead. I'm sure you have some thoughts on this. Go ahead, Mike.
1: Well, you know, it, draining the swamp is not going to be enough. you got to take back control of the teachers' union. you got to take back control of the schools. That's why I've always been an advocate of vouchers, so the parents can be in control of how their kids are educated. So the only reason why you got a busload of kids putting the middle finger out, uh, the president or anyone else, is because they don't have a moral foundation anymore. They don't have a respect for authority, and they're not being taught civics at schools. You know, these, I mean, half the folks don't even know how government works anymore in this country, and that's by plan. If you can dumb down the people, you give them, uh, you legalize marijuana and drugs and you keep them anesthetized, then, there's, then they don't know what the heck's going on. And as long as you can keep their brains from functioning clearly, then you can move them any way you want to. And then those folks that are in control, those folks who are in power, they maintain power. They put their children in a position of power, and they'll keep the smaller people small and make sure that the masses will never get the power or the understanding. So we, as the people, need to take control. We take control of our children. We can take control of the future because folks like me and you, they'll either just try to wait us out, but they will come after the children. And then they will succeed in where they're failing right now. So, you know, we can't just think. You know, we got to think like these Chinese with a hundred-year plan. We can't just think about right now we got Trump, we got to do this and that. Sure, we've got to do this and that, but we've got to think long-range. we got to get back control so our children's children won't be subjected to this kind of nonsense about gender or whatever, children, I mean, dolls. This is purely indoctrination, just like with Target, you know, separating, uh, making so men go in women's bathroom and removing boys and girls areas and making a uniform area. This is all planned and partial, and, and, it's, a, and it's because of our foundation of our country with the Judeo-Christian values has been removed. You know, we're walking on thin ice, and the ice is cracking, and we're sinking through. We got to go back to the roots of our government, of our nation. And we've got to take control of the future of our kids. So I thank you again for a nice night, for an informative night, for great guests. Um, I'll save you the t- trouble. You know, you can reach me or anyone can reach me at Samuel Tolley, T-O-L-L-E-Y, on Facebook, Twitter, mm-hmm. or YouTube. And it's been a pleasure, Roy. Thank you.
4: Always a pleasure, my friend. we'll see you next week. Thank you. Let's go to Topher. Topher, I know you have some thoughts. Go ahead. I'll give you some closing statements.
6: I want Yeah, thank you, man. Um man, you have some really really awesome people on there. That uh Greg, I can't pronounce the last name from Florida. Greg Greg
4: M- Musclehouse. Musclehouse. Yeah, life. Muscle life. Muscle life.
6: You know him and the gentleman you had uh, a couple shows ago from San Diego running for mayor. These guys make me want to move from New Mexico.
2: Man, I love them. Um but on the uh, on the Barbie thing. Okay, a couple <laughs> thoughts. One you know, I, I
6: was a little boy at one time like you were like a lot of a you know, like half the population was. We've all looked at yeah. Barbie Barbie's dress. I thought she was gender neutral. Right. Her and came. They didn't have nothing going on downstairs. I thought it was gender neutral.
10: <laughs> but
6: um I mean you're letting I mean to touch on what you said, you're letting five year olds dictate this country. You know, my, yeah. If my parents would have let me Take the rest of my life for five-year-olds I would be a, a T-Rex right now You, just, you it, It's one thing to listen To your five-year-old It's another thing to apply into real life What your five-year-old says My son's four I'm not going right. to let him dictate how we run our house The old saying is when you can keep the lights on You can make decisions around here You know I yeah. Mean,
10: yeah.
6: Right now my son is four And he plays with boys and girls The same as he would play with one another he, It's interchangeable It's Sex is not brought into anything until the adults are bringing it in, and that's a disgusting thing. Let them be kids, okay? Kids are kids. They shouldn't be persuaded one way or another. But, you know, I mean, I I was in the military too, and uh, there's an old name in the military. Give you about another minute.
4: Then I got to go on to the show. Another minute. You're good.
6: All right, buddy. I was in the military, too, and there's an old saying, you know, uh, there used to be an old saying, don't ask, don't tell. Then it turned into, it's okay, just don't be flamboyant. Then it turned into, it's okay to fl- be flamboyant. I'm glad I got out before they made it mandatory because it's just going to hell. We're, we're letting people live in fantasy worlds. It's one thing to pretend, but now you're putting it into live actions. This is reality. You cannot right. do that. Gen- science tells you there are two genders. That's it. Yeah.
2: That's cool. Yeah.
6: You know, what I mean, oh my gosh, it's just, it's it's crazy the way the left is trying to go. These are not Democrats that we're dealing with. These are very, very deranged, disturbed people who want to let people live in, re- in fake reality. But um, everybody can catch me on uh, Twitter at Frank one uh, T-O-P-H-E-R-F-R-A-N-K-1. I always follow back all conservatives and MAGA. Um, man, we got such a huge MAGA presence on Twitter. You're on there too. Everybody's on there. So, Let's go have a party. Hell
4: yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, buddy. Hell yeah. We'll see you next week, man. Thank you for coming on. Always a pleasure.
6: All right. Thank Thank you so much for having me, Rory, man. I love your show, bro. Right. Thanks,
4: buddy. Uh, Chris, I'll give you 30 seconds uh, just for you to close out the show. Tell everybody where they can find you.
12: Yeah, you can find me on Bracey2 at Twitter. That's the quickest and easiest way to find. I, I like it on Twitter because – I'm following with a whole MAGA crowd, and, and we all share the same views. And the gentleman you just had previously there, Mr. Uh, Topher Frank, I'm going to follow him shortly. I'm not sure if I am, but I just found him, and I support everything he just said.
4: Absolutely, and uh, I can give you 20 seconds real quick
2: just to – your thoughts on what I just said. Do you have any thoughts on what I just said?
12: Uh, which which part, Roy?
4: Oh, okay, just the just the Barbie stuff. I, you know, I'll give you a couple but, but, seconds. Well, you, well you know,
12: I started thinking about that. You know, my GI Joys, GI Joys, GI Joes, which I played a yeah. lot with, were also gender neutral. So, you know, right. I agree. You, you know, the, yeah. the thought that came to my mind was everybody's accusing Trump of being a Nazi, but the right. way the Nazis got everybody to follow them was indoctrinating, yep. and they started with the kids in believing these ridiculous ideas, and that's where this is going.
4: Absolutely, absolutely. Very very well said. I do got to go, but we'll have you back next episode. Thank you so much, sir. You're absolutely right, though. All right, everybody. I do got to go. Timer's out, and we'll see you all next week. I appreciate everybody's support. Thank my guests my audience, my sponsors and co-hosts. Uh, God bless you. Have a great weekend. I'm Rory Soder. Mega, mega, mega. Much love, everybody. Cheers.
0: It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?